Hello, everybody. Michael Lombardo here. Welcome to Awaken Podcast. Uh, For those of you who are new to the show, we have a new episode streaming every Monday through Thursday on CharismaPodcastNetwork.com. You can also download the Charisma Plus app and all of our shows are on there. You can go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Audible, anywhere the podcasts are listened to and you can tap into Awaken Podcast. Right now, we are in a short series. Um, This is maybe... The last part here. I just wanted to bring some light on a subject. I didn't know if I was going to really dive deeply into it here, but um, I think I should be able to get out everything I really feel like the Lord wants me to say here in this episode. But the series is the lie of separation, and so uh, if you if you scroll back a few episodes from this one right here, you'll see the lie of separation part one. Jesus was not forsaken by God. And I dive into a deep theological subject that um, possibly you've never uh, viewed the scriptures this way before. Maybe you were taught differently, but I bring up a lot of enlightening truth that I really believe will help shift your mentality about God, his perception of you, his perception of you when you sin, etc. that we see there's no separation between us and God, that the finished work of Christ bridged the barrier between humanity and our heavenly father, that Jesus is the mediator. There's only one mediator between God and man. It is the man, Christ Jesus, and he bridged the gap. Our covenant is not with God. It's not man and God. It is Jesus and God. Man could not fulfill our side of the covenant. We uh, we constantly strayed. We would do good seasonally and then fall flat in our faces and worship idols. You'll find it all over the Old Testament. But Jesus Christ came and he lived the life that we could not live. He died the death that we deserved and he rose again victoriously. And all those who join with the Lord are now one spirit with him. It wasn't just Jesus who died. He was the vicarious man living the life that we should have lived, dying the death that we deserve. So it only wasn't him on the tree. It was us being co-crucified with Christ. Like it says in Galatians 2.20, we have been crucified with Christ and it's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives within me. And we were also buried with him. We rose with him in resurrection power. And because of that, we are now co-seated with him, it says in Ephesians. Um, And so we are now one with the Lord Jesus Christ. We get to reap of his reward. We do not get punished based on our actions. We do not, um, you know, it says, blessed is the man, it says in Romans, blessed is the man whose sins will not be accounted to him ever again. And so there is this reality of we do not get what we deserve, we get what Jesus deserves. He put the work in, it's the obedience of the son, and we get to reap his reward. He is the firstborn of many brethren. That means he was the first one in this rebirth, this new life, going from death to life. He took our sin into his body, and he was raised to life on the third day. He is the first of many who are glorified, and we will, we are glorified now, but there will be a full manifestation of that glory one day when we see him face to face. So he is the firstborn of many brethren. We will follow suit, which is a powerful hope. But in the last episode, I speak about this, the power of the finished work of Christ, that Jesus was not forsaken on the cross when he said, oh God, oh God, why have you forsaken me? And I don't just leave it there. I give you biblical precedence for it. Strong biblical precedence for it. I debunk some some scriptures, uh, some out of, some some theologies of some scriptures taken out of context. Let's put it that way. I don't debunk scripture. Scripture is the scriptures. But what I mean is 
It's been wrongly interpreted for years, and I kind of highlight a few scriptures there, and then I break down Psalm 22 and how deeply prophetic it is in terms of what Christ accomplished on the cross, the sufferings that he experienced, and the it is finished revelation, and so you got to dive into that, okay? And on this episode, I just want to talk about no separation, and there's many places in scripture about us and God, there's no separation between us and him, and the thing about you know when we when we sin okay sin has sin has an effect on the human heart sin isn't just an action sin is an influence it's an entity and so when we sin it has an influence on our heart the wages of sin is death it brings corruption it brings defilement and so when we sin it has an effect on the human heart our hearts were not created for sin we were not born to live outside of god's will and our identity as human beings as God's children. And so sin being an alien influence that we were never created to experience, when that sin attaches to us and we yield to it and we give ourselves to it, we yield ourselves to death and the effect that that has on the human heart. Our human heart was never meant to dabble, never never meant to indulge, never meant to receive these things. But once our heart does, it has an effect on us. It reaps negative fruit, bad fruit, okay? It reaps um, shame, Guilt, condemnation, and all these things cause us to withdraw from God, not draw near to God. Like James says in the scriptures, draw near to God and he will draw near to you in terms of the manifestation of his presence. So as we draw nigh, he draws nigh and we get to experience a beauty of who God is. And so when sin affects our hearts, it causes us to withdraw or harden our hearts towards God. He is not the one withdrawing himself. We are the ones withdrawing ourselves. The prodigal son is the one who leaves. The father is waiting for the prodigal son with open arms to celebrate him and welcome back, welcome him back into the home. All right. God does not turn from us. We turn from him. God does not run away from us. We run away from him. He does not harden his heart towards us, but we harden our heart towards him. He does not separate himself from us. We separate ourselves from him. That is the reality. This is always right. Me and God, because of the finished work of Christ, because our sins were nailed to that tree and all of our wrongs have been dealt with, tossed in the sea of forgetfulness, our sins do not affect our relationship with God, but they do affect our relationships with people. And that's why God implores us not to sin because, first of all, the corruption kills us and we're his children and he does not um, enjoy when his children are being corrupted by sin. We weren't meant to indulge in it. And not only that, sin reaps um, uh, it, it, it destroys relationships. We harm people and those people he loves. And so he does not want us to harm people, hurt people, break people. And so that's why God implores us to live a holy life. And so, and he gives us the power to live a holy life, but at the same time, and God can redeem everything. Even when we sin, God is a redemptive God, but at the same time, at the same time, our relationship with God is not what is disrupted. We, we can have a disruption in our relationships with our, our spouse or our children, our church members, our pastor, our family, our people we meet, strangers, co-workers. We can have disruptions there based on our actions, but our actions do not disrupt our relationship with God because the cross speaks a better word. The blood of Jesus speaks a better word, okay? The blood of Jesus washed us, cleansed us, justified us, sanctified us, glorified us. We are now one with him and nothing can take that away. If he was to turn his back on us, if he was to separate himself from us, he would be dishonoring the work of Christ and the finished work of the cross, spitting on it, saying that it was not good enough. He died for the sin 
of the world, not the sins, the sin. He died to take away the sin of the world, past, present, and future. If he didn't die for future sins, he would need to come back again and die again to take care of present and future sins. All of your sins from the moment you were born to the moment you die were taken care of in the work of Christ. It was a complete and total work. And I get off subject here, but I just love preaching the gospel. Not entirely off subject, but I just can't. When when the river's flowing, it's flowing. And so, listen, our relationship with God is not disrupted. There's no disconnection. There's no separation. But our sins and our lifestyle of sin can affect our relationships with people, which God does not want because he loves people and he loves us. He does not want us to reap the wages of sin, which is death, corruption, defilement, destruction, everything. You know, the things that are harmful in this life to um, molest and, t- and, and harm us in any way, shape, or form. Now, I'm going to read to you guys a few scriptures, and I'm going to lay some context here with that. Well, Hebrews, I believe it's chapter 4, chapter 3. Oh, man, I thought I wrote it down. Chapter 3, I know it's verses 12 and 13. I believe it's chapter 3. But this is what the writer of Hebrews says. See to it, brothers, that none of you has a wicked heart of unbelief that turns away from the living God. Verse 13. But exhort one another daily, as long as as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. So it's our hearts that are hardened by sin's deceitfulness. And sin has a deceptive nature to it. What is deception? It's not real. It's a pseudo-reality. It, it has an effect on us which deceives us. It hides us from the, tr- the, 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 the truth. It cloaks us from the truth so we cannot see the truth. We think we're fine. We think that everything is going the way it's going for whatever reason, but there is a deeper reality. We, we, get, we get attached to lies when we yield ourselves to sin. And so that's what it's saying. Sin's effects cause our hearts to be hardened towards God, not his heart to be hardened towards us. It is God who so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that we have life and not eternal destruction. There's so many scriptures that while we were sinners, Christ came and he died for us. You know, I could keep going and going and going. I'm going to quote an amazing one at the end of this show today. But even from the beginning, if you go to the Garden of Eden, you have Adam and you have Eve walking with God in the cool of the day. No separation. I truly believe it was Jesus Christ walking with them face to face total communion with God. They were seeing into the realm of the spirit. They were interacting and worshiping God. They were partnering with him. They were naming all the animals. They were tilling the ground with not a drop of sweat on their head. And, you know, they're walking with the Lord and the devil entices them. He entices them and says, if you eat of the fruit of this tree, you will be like God. Well, he deceived them right there. He was lying and that lying brought deception and that deception brought sin, a yielding to sin and a yielding to death, pretty much saying, if you eat of the fruit of the tree, you will be like God. Well, they already were like God. So they were striving to become something that they already were. Sounds like a lot of Christians and believers today were striving for righteousness, striving for God's love, trying to earn his pleasure, earn his his anointing, earn, you know, his presence, all of that anti-gospel. Moving on. So they yield themselves to the enemy and they reap death. And what happens? They are covering themselves. They realize they're naked. They're covering themselves with, with fig leaves or with leaves. And they are hiding themselves from God. So when sin entered in, when the transgression entered in, it reaped death. And that death caused them in their hearts to turn away from God. It was their guilt. It was their shame. It was self-condemnation. They were beating themselves up. They realized they were naked. They realized God was holy and they were not in that moment. And in that moment, they hid from God. And who initiated the conversation? It was God himself. 
God says, Adam, Eve, where are you? He was looking for them. It was God who initiated the conversation. So why do we think that when somebody sins or when someone's in a sinful lifestyle, they need to initiate through repentance and asking for forgiveness? It is the Holy Spirit wooing their hearts to come to a place of repentance, to come to a place of asking for forgiveness, realizing their paths were crooked. It is the Holy Spirit's effect on their heart. It's the Father wooing them by the power of the Holy Spirit because of the blood of Jesus, wooing them to a place of repentance. If the Holy Spirit was not actively pursuing and wooing them and drawing them to God, then they would not have remorse or regret in any way, shape, or form, or they would not be able to come to a place of repentance. And so that's key. And so God initiated the conversation. God did not separate from them. They separated and they hid from him. God started the conversation. He is the one that pursued them. Now, a couple chapters later, Genesis 4, verses 8 through 10, the children of Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel. Cain is jealous of Abel. I'm not going to go into all of that, but he murders his brother. It's the first instance of murder in the Bible. And so Cain said to his brother, let us go to the field. And while they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. And the Lord said to Cain, where is your brother Abel? I do not know. He answered, am I my brother's keeper? What have you done, replied the Lord? The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. And so Cain murders his brother Abel. And who initiates a conversation? Verse 9, and the Lord said to Cain, it was the Lord that initiated the conversation. It was the Lord that pursued Cain, opened up the convo. And so how did Cain respond? Did he respond in humility and repentance? Absolutely not. He was prideful. He was stubborn. He was trying to still hide his sin from God like you could hide anything from God. He said, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? Wow. Really a hard-hearted response trying to hide his sin from the Lord. And the Lord continues engaging with Cain. He doesn't just leave, withdraw himself. No. He says, what have you done? The voice of your brother cries out to me from the ground. And he punishes Cain. He he casts Cain off into a land where um, where he is unknown. But but Cain also, if I keep on reading, man, I wish I had it pulled up in front of me. Pull me up one second. Hold on. Um, just to sum it up, pretty much, um, Cain pleads for mercy because he believes that he, as he goes out and he becomes a stranger and he wanders out in a world that he does not know, that he will be murdered himself. And what does God do? God puts a mark on him. God protects Cain so that he will be accepted where he goes and he will not be killed himself. God could have said, no, well, you killed your brother. Well, go out there. This is your punishment. If it happens to you, hey, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, like you get what you deserve. God did not do that. That is an extension of his mercy. Yes, there were consequences for his actions, but at the same time, there was the mercy of God on a man named Cain who was a never repentant and never contrite and humble of heart, was stubborn, prideful, hard-hearted towards God, hiding his sin. And so we need to see the nature of God. He's not the one that separates himself from us. Sin does not separate you from God, okay? We pull away from him, we harden our hearts, we withdraw, but God does not do that to us. Sin has the deceptive capacity, though, to cause our hearts to feel like we are separated from God, to feel like his presence is light years away, like he is distancing himself from us, when we sin, those lies um, 
uh, circulate in our mind. And if we believe those lies, we will uh, we will experience a sense of separation, even though he's closer than the air we breathe, even though he's not far, even though he's wooing us and drawing us to himself. You know, sin has that capacity to to deceive us, to believe that God is not who he really is. And sin comes from Satan, and Satan is the one that deceived Adam and Eve to think that, hey, you're really not like God, just do this and you'll be more like God. The devil's nature is to deceive, and sin deceives us. That's why we must preach the gospel, because as we preach the gospel, these lies and these deceptions fall off our hearts as we see the beauty of Jesus Christ, as we see the heart of the Father manifest through the person of Jesus, and as we see the power of the Holy Spirit breaking in and destroying bondages off humanity's life. Now, that being said, I do want to end with this scripture. It's a long scripture, so bear with me. This is the Apostle Paul, Romans chapter 8, verses 31 to 39. This is powerful. All right, so get your seatbelts on. You ready? All right, verse 31. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who could be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, Won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us when God has chosen? uh, Who dares accuse um, whom God has chosen for his own? No one, for God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one, for Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us, and he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. Jesus, always pleading and interceding for us. I love it. Verse 35, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? That's the question. That's the question that I'm tackling in the past episode and this episode right now. Can anything literally separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus? That's what the apostle is asking. And this is the question that he answers. He says, does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake, we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite, despite, sorry, not despise, despite all these things, over we overwhelmingly have victory through Christ Jesus who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing could ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. I could read that a thousand times and never get sick of it. He answers the question, can anything ever separate us from the love of God? Demons can't do it. The powers of hell can't do it. Your fears can't do it. Calamity, death can't do it. Persecution, being hungry, being destitute, being in danger, nothing. No angels, no powers, nothing can separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Yes, does sin have deceptive power to make us feel like God doesn't love us? Absolutely, but it is a lie. It is deception. It's a pseudo-reality. It is not true. It seems real, but it is not real. And when we cleave to the truth and when we say, yes, no, Jesus does love me and he never stops loving me. And no matter what I do and no matter what I don't do, I am adored by God. I am loved by God. Then the blinders, that those deceptive blinders, that sin puts on our eyes, begins to break off, and we see Jesus in purity and truth. 
and we see the cross and we see his love and we're able to boldly and confidently declare that nothing can separate me from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Was Jesus separated from God on the cross when he said, oh God, oh God, why have you forsaken me? No, he was not. He was wearing our blinders when the sin of the world entered into the body of Christ, when he was being crucified and that sin was being crucified to death in his body, when he was becoming one with sin and taking on the sin of the world into his servant body, he began to see like we see. Those deceptive blinders fell upon his eyes and he could not see the love of God. He could not see the nearness of his father. He cannot experience that because he was taking on the sin of the world and sin has the deceptive nature to make us all believe that God is far, God doesn't love us. And he experienced what we experience. He felt like God didn't love him. He felt like God was forsaking him, just like we feel that way. He knows exactly how that feels. You know why? Because he's our sympathetic high priest that knows exactly what we're going through every moment, every hour. So he knows exactly how it feels to say, oh God, oh God, why have you forsaken me? And it come from a genuine place. But if you listen to part one, you will see Psalm 22 as such a beautiful prophetic picture. God never forsook Jesus on that cross. It is finished. He has never forsaken his anointed one and he will never forsake us. It is not in his nature to withdraw um, even in the old covenant before, even before the old covenant, even in the, like I said, in the garden and with Cain and in many cases in the old Testament before the blood of Christ was shed, even though we know before the foundation of the world, Christ even crucified like the scriptures say, but even with Cain and Adam and Eve and the, and the men and women of old that, um, um, that served the Lord, he showed mercy and he initiated conversation with them instead of withdrawing from them. And so there is that still that paradigm of love and no separation, even in the Old Testament. And so bless you guys. Thank you so much. Um, it's been a blessing. I love sharing the gospel with you. I love diving deep into the scriptures with you. I love hosting um, amazing men and women from around the world on this podcast. God's been doing incredible things, opening up amazing doors to speak to some people that I truly honor and respect, as well as friends and amazing people, you know, to get out the word of the Lord because the church needs an awakening. Our eyes need to be open. And I love what James Gall said in a previous episode, and I interviewed him, that we we need a revival of kindness. The body of Christ needs to go after the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit. We need to manifest love and patience and goodness and kindness because the world will truly know we're disciples. And we need to read the Sermon on the Mount and digest it because we need to truly forgive and release offenses and bless those who curse us. And I I just, there's something on that and only can the Lord do it in us and through us. We can't do it in our own abilities, but bless you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast so we can get out to more people so they can be blessed by the gospel of our Lord. They can be awakened um, by the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I'll bless you guys and I'll uh, talk to you next time on Awaken Podcast. Hello, everybody. Mike Lombardo here. Let me tell you about this amazing online store, The Hope Filled Journey. Um, I definitely want to check that out today. Michelle and Renee Torres, they started up an online store in obedience to the Holy Spirit in the midst of a crazy year, full-time jobs, raising four small children. They stepped out in faith, and God is honoring it every step of the way. It's www.thehopefilledjourney.com. This is where you'll find extraordinary products, clothes, fashion accessories, jewelry, and more. You'll be able to find amazing clothes for spring, handmade jewelry. Their goal is to inspire faith, 
through the, through their product line as well as high quality in all they do and produce. Check it out. It's the hopefilledjourney.com. And also, if you today, if you go, well, you have the promo code AWAKEN. Promo code AWAKEN. If you go to the website, you can get 25% off of all full-priced items and all orders over $60 will ship free. And so that's 25% off today, all full-price items and any orders, $60 or more, will ship free. And so make sure to go to the website that is www.thehopefilledjourney.com and make sure to use promo code AWAKEN.